0: Welcome back. How's it going, everybody? I'm Rob Fishbeck, and this is Rob's Rhythms, the podcast over here on the Rob Fishbeck Network. And with me, as always, at least for now, Captain Crumps himself, the Mighty Max Williams. How you doing?
1: Hey, that's me, buddy. I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm hungover. Yeah? What did you do yesterday? Celebrated
0: Mexican Independence Day. You celebrated
1: Mexican Independence
0: Day. I did. <clears throat> and today, I'm tired. So... Yeah. Um, the good news is I'm not going to get as loud a day and we won't clip anything.
1: No, we're not going to clip. We're not even, we're probably not even going to go past a certain decibel amount. That's fantastic. We're going to be like an NPR podcast. And this is a nice, we're uh, gonna no, we're we're gonna, gonna, to, no, we're not going to We're going to talk to you like this. Please today. don't. We're going to say some things. <sighs> nah, you don't want that? No. All right. That
0: like, oh, Listen. I like strong, loud personalities. Strong, independent women. I understand. I like strong and loud personalities. Right. Because I'm a loud fucking person and a strong personality. I've never known that
1: about When I him. listen to
0: a lot of the, those radio stations, it's like, hello and welcome to
1: another... Like the Parks and Recs bit. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to Thoughts for your thoughts. <laughs> I'm... I forgot what the guy's name is. And then filling in for... Yeah. Jim and then who is filling in for Craig who will be gone. We haven't seen him in 6 months. He's been studying the migration period or migration pattern of squirrels. <laughs> we hope we find him soon. Yeah. It's fucking great. It's like, all right, just I want to go to sleep now. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the
0: fuck? But anyways, uh so interestingly enough, we are going to talk today about some of my favorite artists from the last decade as well as Uh, a band that max likes that he's tried getting me into a few times other people have tried getting me into them i like about three of their songs and when i say that i mean eh but uh we're gonna be talking about the black keys at some point um yes we will should we start
1: with that or would you like to start with well i mean you know you're the more educated one that i am for the most part when it comes to those things so i don't know is that a is that a is it a real compliment or is that yeah, like absolutely. A, No, like absolutely. A, like and you know, it's just more of the, I think that people have gotten that general fact. All uh, all three listeners that we have right now have gotten that general fact. That, uh, yeah, you know. It's
0: called Rob's Rhythms because I just know way too much about <clears throat> fucking music history.
1: That and your, you know, and your, a bit of your, uh, it's all about me personality. That's why it's called Rob's Rhythms. <laughs> <I'm> gonna, <laughs> Not just called Rhythms. <clears throat> Either way. okay. What do you? I mean, You're a, I,
0: you got a business degree, correct? I do have
1: a business degree. yeah. Do you know
0: what branding is?
1: Yeah, and I hate it.
0: <laughs> um, all right, so we'll. I'll cut to the chase. So going back, what two and a half years ago, mm. I was. Uh, we were talking, and you know, I listen to a lot less country music than I used to. Sure. Um, and the stuff that I do listen to is the good stuff. But then some days I question, like most mm, 75% of the country music that I listen to, I go, is this really country music? Cause it's really not country music yeah. in what country music is now pretty much known as. Mm-hmm. Um, like mm-hmm. that's why I refer to bands that I hear that I'm like, Ooh, wow. They're of a certain threshold or, or a uh, sound. Mm-hmm. I just call them rock and roll bands. Right. Because like the word rock music now is a lot more uh, darker stuff. If that makes sense. Um,
1: I don't know. I don't. Well, I don't and, know how
0: to properly phrase that. But well, like, rock
1: and roll doesn't exist anymore, right? And indie has such a broad uh, spectrum to it that it's very difficult to categorize what's what really is indie from anything.
0: I mean, it is.
1: It's just there's so much of it that indie just is the mainstream now. I mean, there still are the big names, but that's and what such, it, but, that's what yeah. I mean by
0: darker. It's like it's either like. <laughs> You know, I, 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 the Screamo kind of stuff. No, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's, that's rock music, right?
1: Yeah. It's Screamo rock or Screamo metal. And then you've
0: got all your metals that Mm -hmm. are a lot more mainstream now. So it's more in that you would hear them on rock radio.
1: Yeah. But I mean, there's still the. the,
0: I know. I'm going through all. No, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, there's your bands like the Foo Fighters or Mm -hmm. the, I mean, they're a rock band.
1: You know what I'm saying? Foo Fighters are uh, by definition a rock band. They're definitely a rock band. Yeah. They're not a, they're not a rock and roll band. They're not a, I mean, they're a hard rock band. I guess right. if you really want to get specific, but they're a I mean,
0: Nirvana band. was not a rock and roll band. No. They were a rock a,
1: band. They're a rock band, but they're a grunge band, which right. that is its own term.
0: Pearl right? Jam. I See, I don't associate Pearl Jam with grunge music per se.
1: There are early stuff n- you could because it was the time.
0: Yeah, but, but listening, it's just rock and roll. It's all rock and roll.
1: It, yeah, altogether, Pearl Jam is, is, is uh, they're a lot more musically driven. If right. they just happen to have plugged in, you know, distorted guitars. Right. right. For the most part, yeah. Whereas, like, to me, like,
0: the last, like, great rock band, rock and roll bands would have been, like, The Replacements. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, they were rock and roll. R.E.M.'s early stuff. Sure. You know, because rock and roll, that, like, punk rock, I, uh, so, like, Blink-182, they're a rock, rock, more of a rock and roll band than Nirvana or Foo Fighters. They're a
1: pop rock band.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, it's got, it's, it's a little brighter in color. Exactly. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. There's elements to it that would say, ah, this is definitely very studio driven. Right. This isn't, this isn't very, uh. But
0: like, at the same time, like Springsteen's a rock and roll. Tom Penny and the Heartbreak, it's all rock and roll. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not, uh, but like, my point is, is like, I would consider R.E.M. more of a rock and roll band than a rock band purely for the fact that they're more from the, you know, the aftermath of what was early new wave and punk rock, yeah. you know, and they became the quote unquote early alternative bands and they're far more associated, associated with rock and roll mm-hmm. than what would have been like rock music, like uh, the Who's later stuff in the late seventies and where Zeppelin was after physical graffiti.
1: You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I think what separates yeah, the big like uh rock and roll or more rock driven bands, yeah, from the alternative was basically just the shininess. It was your popular rock bands, you know, you hear more of just that that glossy chorusy kind of thing and and your alternative bands it's a little more uh, just, it's just it's you're not it, more it's of the not just end.
0: production. It's it, it, it's also it song
1: structure. It's also song structure. That's what we got in the 90s was alternative rock. You know, rock, music grunge. that
0: like Blink-182, you think of the hooks.
1: Blink 182, I think of yeah, you think of the hooks when you're thinking about the music structure, specifically the music structure. Specifically the music structure, sure. You think about the hooks.
0: You're looking for the hooks. You, you listen to Roy Orbison, Roy, Roy Orbison song, an or old like, Roy
1: Orbison song. Yeah. Ray, yeah, we should yeah. start doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Roy, What's your favorite Roy Orbison? Yeah. It's whatever.
0: Um, yeah. You you're looking at the song structure. And you go, know, there's the bridge, and there's the hook, and there's the chorus, or there's the mm-hmm. pre-chorus, or there's the A section and the B section, whatever. Yeah, Um, too strong. Whereas with rock music, the way it is played and the way it is mixed aesthetically, Mm. even uh, magnify the, there's less of those transitions. You know what I mean? And it's also (coughs) more experimental. Like the Beatles White Album is a rock record, you know, for the most part. 80% 80% of it is it's more rock for all music.
1: intents and purposes. Yeah. For
0: all te- for this, for this conversation purposes, mm-hmm. yeah. it's far closer to a rock record than a rock and roll album. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Tom Petty's second record is so like punk rock aesthetic-y and all the hooks. And it's, I mean, it's just straight rock and roll. Right. So I don't know, but going into all that about two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. um, I was trying to get Max into some stuff that has country tinges to it that I figured you would like because you would like it for the songwriting or like that's a great voice or like that person plays guitar well Mm. or I like the producer on that on on that record or whatever it is. Yeah. And still, I mean, for me to this very moment, like my favorite artists of the last decade that have either come to prominence or flat out started this decade um, are all, f- for the most part, from that world. Hmm. Jason Isbell, Casey Musgraves, uh, Sturgill Simpson, Coulter Wall, right? So um, On oh, your boy. Uh, trampled by turtles, though is- they've been around for at least 15 years. Well, 04 was their first Who's album. Who's your boy? Who's the ginger? Oh, Tyler Childers. Tyler Childers. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're all <laughs> from that kind of world. But none of them are specifically just doing country music. You know, I remember uh, listening or reading a Casey Musgraves interview and she's got a song um, on her first record call. It is what it is. And uh, I think it was this song anyways. And she was talking about how she wanted to do like a like a spoken like she's just speaking over the melody of the song. This like part of the song that would be that would be very reminiscent to like early 60s pop girl groups like the Shangri-Las mm-hmm. where like remember walking in the sand or like uh, you know like leader of the pack yeah. right where they they have there's talking involved along with the song
1: mm-hmm.
0: very uh almost like a broadway show right mm-hmm.
1: Just didn't little know i was going to be by his place later on yeah stuff like that exactly yeah
0: exactly yeah. and they didn't the whoever powers of beer whatever was not really keen on that idea. Huh. But um and then by the time she got to her third record, she was she she did like this kind of like neo disco pop like with electronic attendant like tinges on there and like all it's, it's fucking she won a fucking grammy for it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So um you know, and Jason Isbell it's like yeah, he's from Alabama and writes songs about the adult struggles and some of them are pretty country but a lot of them are very rock and roll very rock and roll Sturgill Simpson does straight up fucking country music and then puts out this third record that's like all over the place and phenomenal and then puts out a fourth album that's like Neil Young's Trans you know, it's just this totally different fucking thing. It's this definition of, like, an experimental rock album. And then now he just got done cutting a whole fucking bluegrass album. You know what I mean? It's all over the
1: place. So is that number five?
0: So he says this doesn't count because what he did was is he was selling, when COVID first started, he was selling uh, merchandise to raise money. Mm-hmm. And he goes, if you guys raise X amount of dollars, he's like, I'll, rec- I'll go record a song and put it out. He goes, if you guys get to this kind of money, I'll record an album. And they they went far past
1: it. That's fantastic. <laughs> so,
0: <clears throat> he uh him and the crew went and he said it's going to be in t- it's going to be two volumes. Mm-hmm. Cuz that's how much music they cut. That's and weird. the first one's coming out this fall supposedly. And I'm like, this is fucking great. But my point is is that and like Travel by Turtles, you've heard their music. Um I, it, it's like folk bluegrass, but Rock and roll and the songwriting is there phenomenal. There's some
1: rock elements to it. Yeah, for
0: sure. Because and the harm, like to me, they might be my favorite vocal harmony.
1: They what four part harmony, right? Yeah,
0: they might be my favorite. I love the Eagles. Uh, I love the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. But Tramble by Turtles, I think, might be my favorite harmonies ever. Yeah. Just because of the kind
1: of music they play. Yeah. But I f- Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no you're good. Um, I don't really know where we're going with this one. Uh, I think that's, that's my favorite part of new age music is the ability for any artist that's especially good enough and has a little bit of notoriety to just go, I'm going to do whatever I want, and I'm going to make the music that I want to. And as far as uh, the diversity of music made, yeah, that, going back to Sturgill Simpson, that's where I applaud him the most. Um, is he starts off as a country guy, then, you know, sort of does it again, and then makes, like, an R&B weird, you know, not R&B... It but is, it like is. It is but its its isn't. All
0: Around You is a fucking exactly. R&B song.
1: Right, like, but, it, but the record itself, like, it is and it isn't, and then it right. just makes a straight-up, pulsating... Like weird electronic rock. Have you acting. watched
0: the anime video that goes along with it? I haven't yet, it's but I can, only, I
1: can only. imagine because I've driven home listening to that last. It's some album of it. Some some times.
0: people he knows. Mm-hmm. Fucking drew this. They made this whole fucking thing.
1: Well, and that was the big thing too. People were like oh, Social Simpson's getting an anime now. I don't understand. It's like yeah, he's an artist. He's doing what he wants to do. He
0: and likes what he likes. Leave the guy out. alone.
1: And he's done some acting. He's yeah, been, he's been doing movies recently. He's like the Dwight Yoakam of the new age. But he, yeah? it's
0: like he, it's like he said. One time in one of his interviews, he's like, I'm in, I'm in the Sturgill Simpson business. I'm Mm -hmm. not in the music business. There you go. So, and it sounds like like a Rob Fishback thing. And it's like, that makes sense career wise, Mm -hmm. because to him, it's like, all right, he's got somewhat of an, you know, he can get, he can get these smaller acting gigs Oh yeah. and get paid, you know, good money for a couple of days on set. And then it's like, fuck, I can spend more time with my family or like, now my house is paid off. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know what I mean. It's like, <laughs> um. But I say all that because two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. I was thinking about all this music, right? And I told Max, I was like, "You need to listen to Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit." And I gave you a CD that had all of Southeastern and a couple other random songs on it. Correct. Yeah. And because uh, it was. Right, and the Nashville sound was out, but I figured I don't want to start you with that. And
1: uh your thoughts were well—is—is is that the four hundred years, or is that just him with Southeastern? Like, well, him they're and, on like, the record. Him and like elements. They're on, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I know uh, his wife's on there. She's the sees- everybody's on there. Everybody's on there. Yeah. Okay, it's just labeled as him, it, but not on all the songs. Right. You know, because that. Well, I mean, obviously the first one. uh uh, cover me up. That's just him.
0: Yeah, there's no drums on that.
1: Exactly. And there's no bass. It's just an acoustic guitar and uh, the electric and then right. him doing right. harmony himself, right? So, uh, Jason is both, yeah. <laughs> I go back to him all the time. and But that's, I mean,
0: that's, my, that's why I wanted to start with him because yeah. it's like, I introduced you to him. It kind of took you a little bit to get into it mm-hmm. and then you got into it.
1: And I got into it. Yeah, I... Songwriting is, is, is unreal, every element of it, the lyrics, the way the songs are structured. Um, he's a hell of a guitar player, which we've known now, especially due to uh, his Instagram posts and such. Um, I never realized that a lot of the album, like the, a lot of those solos and stuff. Those, that's him. That's him, right? Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I didn't realize that. <laughs> Until you have me watch live stuff, too. Then I'm like, oh, no, he's mostly just holding an, an electric guitar while he's playing, and he's, he's doing it. You know the songs guitar,
0: that are I'm like him playing. and an acoustic guitar? Those are the songs he plays acoustic guitar. <laughs> exactly, that's it.
1: That's it. Otherwise, he's got an electric. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, and and such a such an interesting voice. He doesn't really have a like. It's not really southern, but you can tell there's a drawl to it. But it's not really. It doesn't. It's nothing it that just, says. It
0: dances over the music. It's nothing that
1: says country. Yeah.
0: It just dances. It dances right on the
1: notes. It's powerful. You know, he's singing from the. You know, he's singing from the gut. He's not singing from his head, and. Uh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it dances through the music. But it cuts through.
0: But that's what I mean. Yeah. It's why it works. Dance through, it dances dance through the music. It cuts
1: through, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's not a, uh, not a week, maybe not a week, but maybe not like every two weeks that goes by that I don't listen to uh, relatively easy, I think. I,
0: so it's so funny you think, say that. I think I'm in
1: love with that song.
0: And it's by far one of his least popular songs, I, I, I guess you would say. Yeah. But I was on a walk the other day and I, I was just, like, de- like all my playlists on Spotify, like, I listen to when I'm walking. Because I don't like to do podcasts when I go for a walk.
1: Yeah.
0: And because uh, I'll just be gone for forever because I'll listen to the whole show. And uh, I leave, and I'm like, I don't want to listen to this. I don't want to listen to this. So I put my Isbell playlist on. It was like, just on shuffle. Really? Relatively easy popped up. And I'm like, all right, this, I think, is my favorite Jason Isbell song. Because it just, it works. And it's like, there are people out there I know that don't particularly care for or like at all country music. Mm -hmm. I guarantee, but they love music. Right. So I guarantee you if they heard that,
1: they could get into it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That song is the, is, is. Or
0: Stockholm.
1: That's, yeah, that song is the culmination to me of that album. Relatively um, easy. Relatively easy. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the hope. That's why it's the clo- the closing that's track. Why it's the closing track. Because it's right. this whole fucking cathartic, yep. you know, come to you know your God moment, <clears throat> of, you know, his life story basically mm-hmm. to various extents, right?
1: Um, yeah, there's no holding back in that one.
0: Right. And then it ends basically with just going. I mean, compared to most fucking people, we got it pretty easy. We got it pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like
1: yeah and that's the hook it's like oh yeah you're reminding us every step of the way it's gonna suck but we're doing all right um, that
0: the line who, i, I who lost i lost a good friend christmas uh-huh. time when folks go off the deep end yeah his woman took the kids and he took kalana pin
1: enough to kill a man twice his size um, I, d- I, I mean know. yeah i know like that's not i mean that's why dude
0: as a side note at this job that I used to work at, I was driving a Dodge Durango, mm-hmm. and I was going to drop something off. Name dropper. And uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't my, it was, it was the company's vehicle. Mm-hmm. No, you're and, good. Uh, you're good, buddy. I'm driving down the road, and I heard Casey Musgrave's first single, Merry Go Round. It was winter of 2012. Mm-hmm. I pulled over on the side of the road, no bullshit. Yeah. And was like, I gotta catch, I'm waiting for them to come back on so I could and I'm like writing so some of the words down is. so I can go yeah. look it up on Google, yeah. right? It's the same thing it but she's got a line Jack and Jill went up the hill, Jack burned out on booze and pills. Uh Mary had a little lamb, now Mary just don't give a damn no more. Right. And the whole song's about this small town fucking you know, and everybody's young and optimistic and then they fucking get old and they're just miserable people. Right. And uh my point is that relatively easy and certain songs by Isbo kind of get that same point. You know, you see, I, I showed you that live video. He played, uh, said it's none of my business, but it breaks my speed trap town. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes, This is my song about trucks. <laughs> and he goes, what, He said something about depression. He's like, Depression can be something too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that.
0: And I'm uh, um, just like, that's fucking. Classic. I
1: was, I was sitting. I think I, I might have mentioned this to you, but I was sitting in a Culver's uh, parking lot one time. I was waiting for my food to be delivered. I put on "Speed Trap" sound, "Speed Trap Town," and the kid who delivered my my food was like, "Oh, that's a great song, man." It's like, yeah, I know. And I was like, it's that. It's those little moments. It was like, oh yeah, people who know the good stuff, they always go like, yeah, fucking.
0: When when the Nashville sound came out, mm-hmm. I. Lost my mind, yeah. Just lost my. You say,
1: mind. Do you, I think you said you put that one. That's ahead my of the favorite rest, album, right? Yeah. I what? You put that one ahead of the rest for his albums,
0: because it's it's the most easily accessible in any type of situation. Because really? there's all those kind of songs on there, but mm-hmm. there are more up tempo ones, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. It, but lyric, I'm talking lyrically, you know, not just like somebody loves a mellow song, but it's. It's not live oak. You know what I mean? Right. Uh but then like Yeah, then I would say then
1: Southeastern.
0: Is it, uh when
1: we were vampires? If we were vampires, which if, one is If we were if we were, if we were vampires, yeah. I believe that's his number one on the uh, Spotify, if I'm not it's mistaken. More than cover me up, really? Yeah. I believe
0: you, but that's yeah. crazy. Halloween playlists.
1: That could be it too, yeah. I, it's it's on my Halloween vampires. playlist. Vampires. Yeah, that's fair. So
0: it was Vampire Blues by Neil Young. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> I'm a
1: vampire, baby. See, that at least makes sense. Yeah. Isbul's on a Halloween playlist, and maybe not as much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: so it so ac ACDC's Highway to Hell and a whole That's bunch of other songs. Make sure you go check out my uh, Spotify playlist. There you go. But um Yeah, well, here we, I don't know. Here we Here We Rest might be my third favorite Isbool album. That's the one that he did before he got sober.
1: that 6 right?
0: Like, don't get me wrong. I love every single track on something more than three, and I'm still taking in as newer record, Reunions. Oh, yeah, Reunions. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've listened to it so many times, but it's like, you know, it's that first couple months still. Uh, but Here We Rest might be my favorite Isbell album. Mm-hmm. It's Go It Alone is phenomenal. Stop and By, Daisy May, uh, Hard on a String. Yeah, Alabama Pines is on there. Codeine's on there. That might be my favorite. Oh, all right. My yeah. favorite is Album.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: <laughs> er, uh, second favorite. Second favorite? Third favorite? Who's got what, five Third or six? Favorite. Five or six, uh? Nashville Sound, Southeastern, Here We Rest, Something More Than Free, Reunions by default. Um, his I like his first album more than his second.
1: Wasn't album. there one that came out in like 11 or 10?
0: 11 Here We Rest. That's the one that's, I'm talking about.
1: Oh, that's that. That is right before you got Yeah. I thought there was an 06 one, or is that? Uh... that was,
0: 07 was his first album. That was that. Sirens one. of a, Sirens in the Ditch, or All Sirens right. of the Ditch. So he has six. Okay. And then his second album is it's a self titled Jason Isbell and the 400 Year that came out in nine. Oh,
1: maybe not. So he's seven.
0: And then um, 11. Mm. So it's 7, 9, 11, 13, 15, 17, 20.
1: I know. He, I know what an what an asshole. Taylor
0: Swift did the same fucking thing. She had a gap between uh, the 1989 and uh, Lover. Uh, oh, and Lover, yeah, yeah.
1: No, no. Uh, Bad Blood. The, the, no, that's uh, not what it was. The black and white cover. But uh, that, Bad Blood was on 89. No, no, Bad Blood's on that album.
0: N- no, Bad Blood was on 1989. Trust me. Her next album was called Reputation. Came out in 2017. No, three year gap. You know, I'm like, no offense, but I don't I don't know why you're wasting your time. My bad blood is on 1989. Hmm. It's track seven, track eight. Track eight.
1: I don't like when my phone doesn't respond. There we go. Track seven or eight. Alright, we're gonna find out. <laughs> yeah, it's nineteen eighty
0: nine. What track? Oh, I did.
1: not want boom, pump chick pump chick pump chick pump boom, pum 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 Okay, moving forward. So Jason is and I think that was year the year. problem. I never fully listened to 1989 otherwise. the way through.
0: Why? That's her best album. Well, other than now,
1: folklore. I think the one that I liked out of all of them was. Uh, Welcome to New York. No. Oh, you mean album? No, on that album on 1989. It's, I think it was. Name was style. Oh yeah, style's a barn burner. I think that was the one I liked the most. I just liked the guitar. Even though it's repetitive, I like it.
0: Ryan Adams' <coughs> version, is that whole, that whole album was
1: fantastic. Yeah, before we knew what he was, yeah. Yeah. Either do I, way. Do
0: I take him out like I did Bill Cosby out of my favorite comedians? I mean, that's
1: to your discretion, but I mean, if you have a precedent set. I have a precedent set. Yeah, pre- but also, you know, you should, Bill be, Cosby, you should be like bye any, bye. any judge and jury. Just because there's a precedent doesn't mean that each individual case isn't worth its salt. So I just Jacksonville city nights. I don't think changed my life. What was Ryan? Adams, Roses changed. Was my Ryan life. Adams as rampant as Bill Cosby? Is that what it was? Was he like, were there he as wasn't many, raping women, right? Where there's many, case, was, were there many of. cases or women that came forward. Uh, that was like three or four, right? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Cosby was like fucking, you know, But he was also drugging and, them. Exactly. So now. I, I, again, that's what I mean. So each, each case is worth its salt in whatever it is, I, I would, I would, yeah, I would uh, first condemn Bill Cosby before I would condemn Ryan Adams. But not to say that Ryan Adams not, is not, uh, you know.
0: Condemnable? Condemnable. Is that is a it? word? I don't know, probably. Today Bill, Sha- we'll Bill
1: Shakespeare made up words. Why can't hey. we? what, do you have some kind of Bill Shakespeare? <laughs> uh, hey,
0: you don't use your paper for writing.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know where we're going with this one today, but... Uh, well,
0: the continuing on so the Isbel thing, yeah. Isbel, there you go. If you're listening to this and you're not familiar, uh, Jason Isbel, it's pronounced Isbel. So Jason there's a Isbell. band
1: called the Isbels, is it really? Yeah, I actually like a song by them, it's kind of funny. But I was are you looking, sure I, they
0: pronounce it that way?
1: I believe, or the Isbels, I believe it's the Isbels. I don't know if they call it the Isbels, they might, but I, I believe it's pronounced the Isbels. Um, either way, I was fine, I stumbled upon that, and I was like, hey of that small world so you don't really have to question where we're going because we're always
0: going somewhere I understand
1: and uh, I just want to be able to have you know something to say to where we're going
0: why do you think we're talking
1: about what we're talking about uh, I you. Gotcha. Mm. what's your favorite Isabel album I haven't listened to them all so I can't say that but from what I have so I've heard I've heard Reunions something more than free I've only heard half the Nashville sound I didn't get, uh, I forgot to finish it. And then I heard Reunions. So I still say Southeastern. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So
0: we're going into the final part of our show. The final part of our show. Yes, the final part. And we're going to talk about something that I don't know much about. So these characters were on Joe Rogan about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And I happened to catch this episode of Joe Rogan and was like, I want to put it on. I want to go to bed. You know, it'll all go 30 minutes and probably fall asleep. And I watched the whole fucking thing. It's like over two hours, two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. And it was the Black Keys. Yeah. And I'm like, I openly don't, and I've said this to many people, as, well as I openly have said this to many people, uh, not a fan of the music. Don't, what's the name of that knockoff Zeppelin band that came out a couple years ago?
1: Greta Van Fleet.
0: Yeah, whatever happened to them? They're still around. They still make a knockoff
1: Zeppelin music? Uh, uh, vaguely. Okay. Yeah. Anyway,
0: so the Black Keys, they had a song. They have a cover
1: of uh, A Change is Gonna Come.
0: By Sam Cooke?
1: Yeah. Why? Because they have a cover. They think they can do it better than Sam Cooke? I don't know if they think they can do better. They just said, hey, we can do it.
0: Okay.
1: But the kids got a good voice. I'm not gonna take it away from them. But they're a very generic rock band. Yes. They sound like Led Zeppelin. Well, he sounds like Led Zeppelin. The music is the music is is seventies rock. So <laughs> Zepp, but Zeppelin doesn't own seventies no, rock. I know. I, I know understand. what you mean by it. But Zeppelin understand. does not own seventies rock.
0: Here's my point. Right. They have a Black Keys have a song called "Little Black Sabbath. Black Submarine.
1: Sabbath was better than Zeppelin, so that's fine. What? Yeah.
0: A Either, better band. Wait, time out. No, a better yeah. band.
1: No, better music.
0: Better music. I mean you think Black Sabbath has better music than Led Zeppelin? I'll take
1: Ozzy's voice over uh, Robert Plant's. Really? Yes, absolutely. Interesting. hmm I think Ozzy can sing on, sing on key better, and I think he has a better pitch and range. Robert Plant doesn't sing on key all the time? No, he's just shouting half the time.
0: Oh. Uh, yeah. But he can do it.
1: Oh, yeah, you can do it. could shout like He's got that. the stage presence. I just uh, sing. Robert Plant's got the stage presence. And when Ozzy was, you know, all coked up back in the day, he had the stage presence, too. But Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: But we'll, we'll make that a separate. I mean. I, I would like to do. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm setting right.
1: up for, for mandate movies. Just I'm, real quick. Yeah. This really isn't a valid argument, but the two most popular songs, War Pigs versus Stairway to Heaven, War Pigs All Day. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. a that's no-brainer. I'm just saying that in general. But then. <clears> but compared to Cashmere, I don't know. I can't say that. 10 years gone. Bum, bum,
0: ba, da, dum.
1: Right. Although, Changes, great song. Changes is a great song. Right. But
0: I also didn't, I'd never heard that song before. Right. Because I never really got into Black Sabbath, past War Pigs, Paranoid, um, Iron Man for the obvious reasons, fucking right. Iron Man. But um, I heard Changes uh, just a couple months ago.
1: Yeah. For the first time. I might have just been speaking out of turn. I just wanted to see your reaction. I... Probably legitimately think that Led Zeppelin has better music. I mean, are
0: you fucking kidding? Like, their first album.
1: No, I know. My God. Well, Led Zeppelin 4 is the best, but yeah.
0: I know, but their first album is phenomenal. It's good.
1: It's good. Two's
0: fine. Three's fine. Two's four fine. Four's phenomenal. Four is Houses phenomenal.
1: of the Holy is phenomenal. I love Houses of the Holy. Yeah. Um, not one bad sign. So,
0: I'm, I'm planning for Mandate Movies. Uh, me and Ben, shout out to Ben from DZ Records, are. Uh, going to do an episode called Tony versus Ridley, the Scott brothers. Oh, yeah.
1: We, we had yeah, that. Yeah, you showed me. No, I know. that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, I'll do it with Ben because obviously the, You're the gonna movie go show. Tony's movies are better. Are you fucking kidding me? Better than Ridley's. Are yeah, you yeah. – like that's not even – We it, went through the list. I forgot some. Not even We close. won't go through them on the show, but we'll go over them afterwards. But, but, my, yeah, but yeah, yeah. my
0: point is I'd love to do a – I want you to come in with your argument –
1: I mean, Black I, Sabbath I versus I fucking Led Zeppelin. I probably don't have one. I mean, we could do the Beatles and the Stones. But any argument can would be made. Would you would in the you argue of the music.
0: Beatles or the Stones?
1: Because I could argue we. We've the already done this. I
0: know, but which one's
1: better? <laughs> which one's better? Yeah, the Beatles are way better than the Rolling uh, Stones. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. By a landslide, they just happen to be at the same time, so both of them emerged differently. No, we're not doing Beatles Stones. Nope. No, no, no. We already have an episode. No, on.
0: no, Led Zeppelin versus Sabbath. Would you be down for that?
1: No, I mean, there's an argument to be made in the world of music. There's always an, an argument to be made in the world of art. There's always an argument to be made because it's art. It's subjective. I was kind of just throwing it out there just to kind of be fun. I don't if legitimately. If we
0: were believe. to do one where I picked REM and you picked another band from that era, yeah. who would you do? Would it be the Cure or would it be the Smiths or would it be the Replacements? Like if
1: I were going to do that, I would do the Cure and the Smiths. I would compare those two. Okay, um, I, if which I'm one gonna, would you take? If I'm going to, I'd do... take the
0: Smiths. You could take the. Would you take the Cure or would you take uh, the Smiths? I don't know, man.
1: It's the Cure obviously were around a lot, have been around a lot longer, and have more albums and more of a. An arsenal, but, like, but I know, like a, I know. I don't think, I don't there know. There is a light that never goes out. Are you, I don't think big mouth strikes. again. I just think that those are the best bands to compare from that time, but I don't know if I could pick one. I could listen to both the cure and Smith. Who would you, who happily. would you do on a versus
0: versus REM?
1: That's the thing. I'm trying to think of bands that were kind of like them. I mean, you could kind of do Bodine's in some way, but <sighs> not really. But their
0: first album came out
1: 86 by then REM had already had, four or five
0: four, four albums and an EP.
1: I know, so that's the thing. Um, REM's tough to place because they were ahead of their time in the 80s. Oh my god. So, don't even get me started. So, it's really tough to pick. I mean I don't know. I'd have to really take a deep dive.
0: See, I like that era and be You're like, right about the Cure and the Smiths. Yeah. I figured the Cure and REM would be a good
1: Man, when did the Smiths start? Like eighty something. The Cure started in seventy nine. I mean, they, <sighs> the they were The Smiths' around.
0: first album came out in art. So, uh, Murmur came out in 80- eighty three for REM. Mm-hmm. The Smiths' first album, I think, came out in eighty four. Okay,
1: so by that time, the Cure already had five years on the Smiths. Right. Yeah. And then by, by
0: the time Bodine's gets so to 84. It. And Bodine's is very, I mean, they're kind event. of akin to some of R.E.M. stuff a mm-hmm. little bit, but mm-hmm. they're definitely not akin to The Smiths or The Cure.
1: Right. Um, but that was also before The Cure were The Cure in a lot of ways. The Cure weren't The Cure pretty much until 83, 84. Right. They almost weren't a band.
0: And you know me, I, I'm just like, I like Disintegration and a couple that. other songs. Exactly,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it, there's a whole deep dive to go on. Right, with cure. Right, like that guy's a fucking genius. But either way, I digress. Anyways, I we were going to talk about the Black Keys, right? Is that what we were going to get into? We were going to talk about the Black Keys, I but I
0: kind of like this idea yeah, of us like, I, of uh, like bringing, bringing some stuff to the table. Yeah, if you will.
1: I would like to. I would also like to do like a Fleetwood Mac or the Eagles. See, and that's the thing. I'm. I was going to go with like a two bands that aren't as popular. Kind of a thing. I'm trying to think of something like that. We'll get to the black keys in a moment. But like
0: that makes sense. Fleetwood Mm -hmm. Mac and the Eagles. Sure. Totally makes sense. Um, Yes and no. They're both California rock.
1: But Eagles are more. Pop rock with country tinges bands. Eagles are more acoustically driven than Fleetwood Mac was. They were more blues driven. Right. So I guess, I mean, you could make that argument in some way.
0: Who would, what would you, what would you. I don't know. Would you do
1: like the Doobie Brothers and the Eagles? Nah, Doobie Brothers are too. uh,
0: Like mainstream zone? No, what is
1: that called? Acoustically. Uh, Doobie Brothers are too, not experimental, but they're a lot more outside than than Eagles were. Okay. Um, But you wouldn't put them to ELO. No, ELO is its own thing. Yes. ELO is definitely its own thing. I will applaud Jeff Lynn till the day I die.
0: Cheers to Jeff Lynn. Cheers to Jeff Lynn, All right. Well, we'll get to the Black Keys then. we'll go back to this at some point.
1: But yeah, if we actually went in with a, a structured episode of that one time, I would have hopefully ten examples and I'd be ready to go. All right, because I think I I would legitimately like to explore that. Because you would
0: want to do what newer acts?
1: I would no. I would want to do I mean bands that I like but maybe aren't as you know popular. You know me. But, like, I mean, I would, just off the top of my head, like, a Judas Priest versus a Metallica kind of a thing. Metallica. Both from the 70s. It's
0: not even an argument.
1: Both had great albums in the 80s. And then you know, I would do a compare and contrast from there. So, yeah. Metallica sells a lot of merch. Metallica does sell a lot of merch.
0: That, like, to me, the business side of things is also a huge factor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's why I would say, like, the Rolling Stones can go toe-to-toe with the Beatles.
1: Because they're still touring well, because most of the band's still alive. <laughs> Two of the Beatles are dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not really a great show with just Paul and Ringo.
0: It would I mean
1: would not wouldn't you not. rather go
0: see Paul and Ringo?:
1: No, I'd rather see just Paul. I don't need <laughs> you me. don't want to see Ringo I do not need to <laughs> yes! see I do not need to see a knockoff George Michael <laughs> looking dude. <laughs> Who calls himself Ringo Starr. I'm good.
0: His name's Richard Starkey, first of Mm -hmm.
1: all. I'm good, thanks. So there's a band
0: out of Michigan?
1: Mm, Sure.
0: Is that where they're from? No, Ohio. Who? The Black Keys. Black Keys, yeah, they're from Akron, Ohio. They're from Ohio.
1: Yeah, from Akron, where LeBron's from. Right on. Shout Mm -hmm. out
0: to LeBron James. They're
1: actually almost just about, I mean, not almost, but I think LeBron's like only six, seven years younger than them, so... Grew up around the same time. Remember we were talking about
0: energy earlier? Grew up around the same time. Remember we were talking about that shit?
1: Yeah. Why do you think
0: I believe in it? So I don't really know much about the Black Keys other than the dozen songs I've heard. One way or another. Well, mostly from you because there's like three or four songs I've heard on the radio over the years. Mm -hmm. But um, why do you like them? What are their best albums that you would recommend to people that had the same thought uh, mindset as I do, but are open to giving them a fair shake because obviously there's a reason why they do have such a you know pretty vast fan base, right? Um,
1: well, go ahead. all right, so the reason they got a vast fan base uh, was uh, due to the album El Camino, which came out in 2011, and that has uh, Lonely Boy, Little Black Submarines, Gold on the Ceiling. Um, I forgot what else is on there. Um uh fact there was one more too that was on there that was somewhat there. But Lonely Boy is is the song that like everybody knows now too by the Black Keys. That's the one that kinda that one really put them on the map. Their first real commercial success was from Brothers, which was two thousand ten, which had Tighten Up and uh Holland for You.
0: Those are the two songs I know. Those are the two songs. And Little know. Black Submarines.
1: And Little Black Submarines, right. Um They had five albums before um, Brothers, which came out in 2010. They started, their first album came out in 2002, and they were a straight-up two-man blues band. Lowest production value possible with, you know, uh, lo-fi vocals, hi-fi guitar, and, you know, drums in the background. And they Just did. the two of them. Just the two of them. And that was pretty much their first two albums was that. I and then they started adding stuff. It was 2002 and 2003, if I'm not mistaken here. I'm using uh, Spotify for reference. Pardon my uh, lack no, of, of note like in, in my head. I don't remember if uh, they had anything. They Technically, they had. They were on a record company. I don't know where they record cut A record label? A record label, not a record company. Excuse me. They were on a label and... I don't know if they if they cut these things in the house or if they found you know just some cheap studio sure. just to do it in, uh, but they had a record label and they were doing it out of that. So the big come up and thick freakness were their first two albums, okay. and then they started getting into uh, a little bit more like better production, still keeping it pretty much very bluesy, uh, but a lot more uh, a lot more honed down. Interesting. It wasn't a lot garage rocky as much now. And that was uh, Rubber Factory in Chulahoma, which were 2004, 2006. And that was about the time where they were uh, still touring, or just really kind of starting to tour, and, you know, no success. Like, basically just playing bars like we used to. Yeah. But, you know, they had gigs everywhere and, right. and do whatever. But, Uh. uh <clears throat> And then, uh, oh, what the fuck was it? Because I think you learned, too, from that that Rogan podcast a little bit. Um, going into.
0: Because I'd seen Auerbach on there before. So yeah. I, I know Auerbach. No, yeah, you Del Rey's third.
1: Album, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, Ultra
0: Ultraviolence is one of my favorite albums ever. Right. Um, And he'd been on Rogan before, and he just shits on the music industry, yeah. which is great. But yeah. what I learned from their interview was mm. was a vast array of stuff.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. What I liked about them the most is that even though they have the success that they have now, they're just still just making the music that they've always been making. Uh, It's just obviously it's a lot more higher production value now. Right,
0: you can tell they got better preamps and fucking. They
1: got a whole band with them. They have (laughs) good produce. I mean, he is he is the producer for them, but or at least a consulting producer, and uh, you know, big studio space and actually money going into these projects and stuff, but. Um they get shit on a lot though too because their style hasn't changed. They they seem like a just a, a cheap a cheap knockoff of like legitimate blues bands and legitimate rock bands, mostly because they were just, you know, two white guys from Akron, Ohio. So what do they really know about that kind of stuff? And, and I mean, sometimes, well, yeah, you but you
0: could it. say the same thing about one of literally my five favorite bands ever, Creedence Clearwater Revival.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Um, because I f- spent, you know, I'm 29, I've spent the majority of my life thinking they were from like Louisiana, mm-hmm. they were from the Bayou. Uh,
1: yeah, Why come to you? find out, I'm like 23, about?
0: 24. Mm. they're from fucking Southern California. Mm -hmm. And it's like,
1: what? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Wait, time out. (laughs) But, you know, the music stood for itself.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it didn't matter where it was from. They were capturing something that was beyond just southern california right. at the time which was which was absolutely incredible yeah these guys you could never tell they're from akron ohio no they're just two blues it guys. sounds
0: like they sound like they're fucking cutting their records at like electric ladyland or something mm-hmm. yeah
1: there's two best or friends they're in they're, in, da- they got, they're in dave
0: grohl's fucking sound city soundboard at exactly. his house fucking cutting the shit it, it doesn't matter it mm-hmm. could be cut anywhere
1: exactly at least for the last three albums that's what it sounded like right But then, yeah, I had you listen to Brothers the other day. You turned it off after five songs. You're like, yeah, I get it. So it it makes sense. For me, and I think for a lot of people, too, this still is the album that's looked back on not El Camino. Brothers is the one that's looked on as this was their album. This has every song awesome. There's 15 songs on it. I can't name all of them in order, but good fucking songs. What year to come out? 2010. See, I'm that way with 2008's
0: The 59 Sound by the Gaslight Anthem. There you go.
1: Sometimes there's, yeah, a band puts out the album. It's not the best commercially, but it's just their best album overall. And that and that was the Black Keys' defining moment was that that album. Um, and then they found commercial success, and their sound kind of changed after that because now they got a big band and now they got everything. But I mean, it was just three dudes who made Brothers. That was it. Just three guys. It was pretty fucking cool. Now
0: their bass player.
1: Uh, yeah, I believe he became their bass player. He was supposed to be just their producer on that one. He came in, and then he helped cut some instruments on that. He brought in some new sounds that they were like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Okay. But I was telling you about that, too. Learning about the, the process of them making brothers. I was. Uh, you have a very, not unorthodox, but you have a very piecemeal style of how you do things. You go... What does that mean? You just, you say... I'm going to do it bit by bit by bit. I have this sound. I want to get this sound first. Or I have this instrument in mind. I want to make sure this instrument is perfect. Or I'll spend I do three days else. just
0: thinking about the character in the song.
1: Exactly. You do a lot of pre before you do a lot of post. That's
0: how I figure out what key it's going to be
1: in. Well, that too. Exactly. Um, and you'll you you know, you'll have bits and pieces of maybe lyrics and stuff, and you'll fill it in as you go along. From what I read, um, Auerbach had basically just had like a little bit of a notebook with a little bit of scribblings in it. And... A lot of the, not a lot of them, but a few of the songs, they're just ad libbed. He just made things up on the spot, and we're like, "All right, I'm gonna keep that." I'm gonna I do keep the same that. thing, exactly. Right. So, reading about that, I was like, "Ooh, a very similar process that I have firsthand now, or third hand, uh, whatever you want to say, firsthand viewing experience of."
0: I couldn't tell you how many to like see that part. My favorite song that I've ever written has obviously changed over time, mm. three times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, currently, my favorite song that I've ever written in my entire life. Uh, I never would have thought I would have ever written. uh, Sure. For all of the reasons. Yeah. (laughs) But um, my point is that uh, how many times have you ever been recording in your phone or something, some sort of a demo, and you're in the middle of it, you know, like the middle of the whole thing? and you're just singing your ass off into your phone or whatever, and you come up with a better line on the spot than what's written on the page. Mm. For me, I've done it maybe six or seven times. Yeah. You know, one line or a verse, you know, or something like that. That's good. So you tell me ad lib, does he just make up nonsense? Or is it like, oh, shit, this rhymes better. Ooh, I'm going to go back and change that whole line. Because that brings a whole new thing to the song. Well, yeah,
1: by its truest definition is... uh Maybe you'll have a little bit or you'll have nothing. You'll just go into playing the song and you just start making up the And lyrics. just go,
0: little black submarine. Exactly. See, I want to start doing
1: that. Yeah, you just make up the words. I on just the spot.
0: like, I would much rather just do it because I know what I want to get across for the characters.
1: Oh, that's what my, my buddy Mark, uh, my guitar teacher Mark, he, uh, that's what he stressed a lot when he, when he taught me. Um, it was who cares, whatever you're doing is redundant. But the best part of doing everything from feeling or just going into it kind of naked is just that you're getting your truest musical self out of all of it. And you're getting the most creative part of your brain without any inhibition. You don't have to put the energy in. Like the last,
0: like, not the last song I wrote, three songs ago, I wrote two weeks ago, that's, I wrote in 10 minutes. Sure. And it's just totally fucking. Yeah, there's a lot of that process. I mean, this is fun, but this isn't, I mean, this
1: isn't like, a song until it actually is. (laughs) Well, anything's a song. song, Right. Yeah. A song doesn't have to be three minutes. A song could be 30 seconds. Right. Yeah. yeah. A song's whatever you want it to be if there's musical elements to it. Right. But point being,
0: that's interesting because I've always come, I come from the school of the Springsteens or the Leonard Cohens or Lou Reed or, you know, whomever. I mean, I, I know Neil Young, I don't know particularly how, he, how closely he works with his lyrics.
1: Dylan, it depends on the era. Right. Um, you know, Tom Waits. Dylan, I think, just sits in his car in a, in a parking lot all day and just views the world. That's how I see Dylan writing. I know it's not how he does it, but, but for some reason, that's just like, how I see it. But, like, go
0: listen to Subterranean Homesick Blues. I, I literally, like...
1: He's like the doorman the way, at a bar.
0: One of the ways that I've written over the years is I'll do the same thing, and you just look around and go, oh, well, what? I wonder what that guy's doing. And then you just... Jo- oh, Johnny's in the basement mixing up the medicine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, And then there's another guy there holding up a protest sign going, I'm on the pavement thinking about the government. I, You know, I don't know. I mean, it's... Yeah. But here, all right, I'm going to gonna wrap up everything that I want to get through in this episode right here, right now. What I fucking right
1: love, right now.
0: my favorite thing about What's songwriting, the, the thing that I love, the thing that um, folks that write uh, TV pilots and films or short films or stand-up comedians or any type of writer... Okay, Mm -hmm. novelists, whatever. People write cookbooks. People that are chefs and write their own cookbooks. What I love about songwriting that is so vastly different from all of that is that sometimes the songs just come through you so quickly and you're... Oh, you're just working on the song so fast and it just comes through you. And then it's done and you're like, that's a great song. And you hear you've heard dozens if not hundreds of stories of that from some of the greatest songwriters that have ever lived, right? Mm-hmm. And not to say that other writers don't experience that like unlocking of it just all starts pouring out. But with songwriting, it's such a strange thing because you're like clapping your hands and singing along this chant. You know what I mean? Or playing guitar and going into the solo or whatever it is. Mm. And it's something, it's my favorite thing about songwriting is that you can spend eight hours, spend a whole workday working on one song and get something you like or go, eh, this is garbage or It's halfway there. I'm going to pick up tomorrow and work on it some more. And then sometimes you just sit down and you just get this line or this phrase and you run with it. And in 45 minutes, that's how, like when I wrote try, that's how fast I wrote it. 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. When I wrote damp, 45 minutes done. The song's done. I got the, I got the melody. I got the lyrics, whatever it is. And I like that way of writing, and I've been—you know—you can kind of channel that energy inside you and go. It's okay to come out more often, and just let it, just let it come out, and you'll just write these fucking songs. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Do you? Have, what's your favorite part about songwriting?
1: My favorite part about songwriting is uh, I always come up with the music first. I'm very musically driven, um, so I don't—I uh, <clears throat> don't stop until I know that I have pretty much the entire melody done and then I'll write lyrics. I hardly ever write lyrics first. I've done it maybe twice, and that's it. And I, I know exactly what I hear with it. I always know the accompaniment. Um, I know what I want the drums doing. Um, and now that I have the ability to, to play you know, most instruments, my favorite part of songwriting now is the fact that I can do it all myself. I can play piano, I can play the I can sort of play the drums not really, but I can play, you know, bass, I can play guitar, I can sing and I can add anything else that I need to with it. And uh, so my favorite part of songwriting is yeah, literally creating everything. Okay. Being a part of I mean, don't get me. Being wrong. in charge of the whole world. That's my favorite.
0: You're part. in control of the whole situation. I'm in charge of everything.
1: It's all mine.
0: Yeah. That's my. See, I'm st- like I love that. Yeah. I fucking do. But just the, one moment, one, one moment, the song does not exist. And the mm-hmm. next moment, the song exists into the world. Yeah, you sure. willed it, and, it, and so, so it is. Yeah. So, so it would be. Yeah. And it's just, it's the coolest fucking feeling in the world. Really I wrote that. Whether it's, whether, you know, you think it's junk or you think it's the greatest thing you've ever heard or it's somewhere in the middle, like 99% of music is. It's like I, I was working on something else and just started strumming my guitar and was like, oh, this would be funny. Next thing you know, you got the song.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So no, I agree. With but that. being in control of all of it, that's of the it. bonus. Sure. I mean, no, like to you, that's
1: your favorite point. Yeah, I just like, yeah, I just like knowing that I made all of it. There's so much to, but yeah, the fact that it is here one moment and then it's, and then it's, it's just out there. It's forever there. But I've always rang, I've always had a, a, a bit of a, a struggle showing off anything that I've created after the fact because I don't think it's ever going to be as good as what it was. I think the first time I play any song,
0: that's when you want to get it down.
1: Whether it's down or not, that's the best it's ever been, no matter what. But I'm already kind of over it. I'm like, all right, that's it. I can only sell it in the moment. I can't sell it to you after the fact. So that's where I struggle for the most part. Interesting. So I think that, that, that connects back to that whole point of like, this is all happening right now. It's all coming out right now. This is a moment in time that creativity is thriving, and it's all coming from... Something or nothing, but it's still here. And for me, like... I can't sell that. For me, it boils down to, like, you write so many songs,
0: but there's only been a handful of those moments where, like, I remember... Mm -hmm. Like, I remember writing the song, like, don't get me wrong, but, like, everything that led up to that moment and just, like, that moment and then what happened after, whatever it is, for me, there's, like, four of those songs Mm -hmm. like that. And it's, they've, and maybe five, five or six actually. But, um, it's not like some like, Oh, dim the lights and light a candle and fucking say, you know, rub your head in your belly three times. And that's how you're going to do it. Cause I can tell you every single one of those experiences was completely different. Right. Like none of them were planned, but they were all in very different situations. Mm. Other than me being by myself with a guitar near.
1: Right, <laughs> right exactly. Yeah. It's <clears throat> it's the best thing. Yep. It's my favorite thing.
0: Well, is uh, where can the people find you at?
1: Oh, man, you can find me at Rob's tonight. Uh, <sighs> tomorrow and days future, you can find me uh, on the social medias. Oh, excuse me. Instagram at musician Max Williams, also on the Facial Book. Oh, excuse me, which I don't go on too much anymore. But also Mr. at musician. Birby McGee over there. Also at musician Max Williams, uh, and my website. Every now and then, I'm trying to doing a, uh, as Rob would put it, rebranding. I'm doing some rebranding, good, and uh, getting a uh, a makeover on the website. My wonderful friend Kristen Granahan. You can find her at Shut the Gut Up. She's designing that for me, uh, and. Oh, uh, just about done with my album. so. Can't wait to hear it. They'll be coming out hopefully at the end of the year, probably November, I think. Because nobody does anything in December, they'll be ready by November. Oh, okay. single coming out. Excuse me. Oh, I my gosh. Get, what uh, day is it? Five days, everybody. From the 17th. Five days. September 22nd. You can find a wacky misadventure on all of the platforms that you know and love. Uh, including the YouTubes and the Spotify on Apple
0: music and Spotify.
1: It's an all instrumental and uh, I'm very proud of it. So yes, thank you very much. Have fun.
0: Hell yeah. Have well, fun. we've got, there's so many places for them to find your shit. Yes. And many you can find me on the YouTubes under Rob Fishbeck. Mm-hmm. Uh, stay tuned for a new mm-hmm. episode of Rob the renovator coming soon. Uh, you can also listen to my pot- podcasts on Spotify and Apple music Uh, our Apple podcasts or whatever they call it Um, Mm -hmm. between Renaissance man, which is sometimes a Facebook show that goes to YouTube, sometimes a audio show that goes straight to the podcast and sometimes a in studio interview that goes onto YouTube. So that's probably the only show that needs its kinks worked out. And then also you can check me and my friend, Ben out at, at mandate movies, the movie podcast that we do. Uh, that we used to actually have themed episodes for, and then COVID started, and we're like, "No, nah, let's just shoot the shit. Yeah. Talk about movies like yeah. nonchalantly." We went and saw Tenant last week; and that was fine. But uh, let's get working on that World Girls record. Uh, you're gonna co-produce it with me. I oh, yeah. Uh, I'll play everything and write all the damn songs. But well, you're gonna play everything. I'll play everything. Yeah. You're gonna play everything. I'm to play. Well, we'll play probably we'll probably get drum tracks. You're gonna actually uh, play a bar chord. Yeah, I'm gonna play a bar chord. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna play a fucking B. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, Mr. Musician over here. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? Once again, we come from different worlds. Yeah, we
1: do. So But even Isabel knows how to play a bar chord. You're way more akin to his world than even Willie Nelson knows how to play a bar chord. Willie
0: Nelson's not playing
1: fucking. He knows how to do, though. So do I. All right. Fucking, you know, you just—you
0: gotta that. get under my skin. Gotta. I know how to play bar chords. I, I just—I—I you know. I usually just use a capo, so it doesn't really come into ha- come in handy. And mm-hmm. you're like, why are you playing "Sympathy for the Devil" with a capo on the second fret? And I'm like, because it matches my voice better. And you're like, just fucking bar it, just, right. just play it in open.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Take it easy, everybody. We'll see y'all later.